Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. This episode, we're going to dive into part two of Ryan Reeves' testimony. Please enjoy. And, you know, there was a period there where I think we were kind of serious about church and kind of not. You know, we, we could find excuses and reasons, like on a Sunday morning, you know, we've got this kid named Kyle, and uh, he doesn't feel well, or he didn't sleep well, or we didn't, so we could find reasons. Like, yeah. you, you know, you yeah. can find excuses if you're not 100% committed, right? Um, or, you know, understanding the purpose of church in which you guys talked about um, this last time. But um, yeah, so it was kind of like in that, I don't know, blowing around phase, you know, you're like a bag in the wind, just kind of, you know, and if it landed at church, hey, great, you know. Um, and uh, I can remember the pastor coming over one time and talking to me about it, saying that, hey, I'd like you to maybe consider being more serious, you know, and like <laughs> you're a young guy, you have a family here. And we were, we were uh, uh, pregnant with Bryce, with your brother. And, um, you know, and, and there, were, there was always this... Uh, always this line of, of men, you know, willing to step in and be bold and say, hey, you're off the path a bit here. You know, can I guide you back, please? Or would you hear me? You know, kind of thing. And praise God for those guys. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so I think that that was kind of the condition for a, for a period. Um, not, you know, uh, not hot, not cold, lukewarm, you know, the kind of thing that Christ wants to vomit out, mm-hmm. you know, his mouth, that, that kind of existence um, for a period. Bryce was born... Um, in 1999 and uh the year of our lord yeah and uh you know the family's growing we we were starting to get a little more plugged into church at that time um through the encouragement of that pastor and my dad um and uh when bryce was very young he got real sick um and uh it was something that they had never seen before they couldn't figure it out and he was i mean we were at the doctor all the time and and um he was, uh, you know, 18 months, 16 months, 18 months, something like that. And so he's walking, um, and as toddlers, you know, or, or as babies do, but because he, he could not keep nutrition in his body for any reason, he was starting to lose muscle uh, capability and, and some organ function and that kind of thing. And, and he got to the point where he, couldn't, he could not walk, couldn't hold his own weight up. Oh, wow. um, and it was sad. Like, you, know, you, you figure, you think about, like, you have a grandchild, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, you, you think about Harden and, like, if he just could no longer crawl, like he couldn't, he just had to lay around, like it yeah. was getting bad and in and out of doctor's appointments and, and out of the hospital. And um, Jen was pregnant with Cameron at this time. And, and um, it's, it, it was hard, you know, mm. without any, any knowledge of what was going on. I remember his pediatrician told us, we, we can't figure it out. We don't know, but we know if we don't change something, he will die. Like, we don't know what, what's going to wow. go on here. Um, so they transferred us up to uh, a children's hospital in Phoenix and, you know, Jen basically lived up there for weeks uh, in the hospital with him, pregnant. Um, and I, I had to work. Like, I couldn't, I mean, it was a hard time. Yeah, I, I um, remember this time. Um, yeah, your Mimi came. She yep. she stayed with you so that I could go up every right. now and again. Okay. Um, and I want to talk to you about, other than being saved, the most significant moment of my life. Um, they were, we had some autoimmune disorders in our, our family and I had a cousin who had died from cystic fibrosis and they thought maybe it's something in that line. Maybe he's got CF and, and, uh, they were going to test him for this thing. And I was at the hospital, um, and so scared, you know, 
and, and, and I remember getting on the floor in a hallway at the hospital, and I prayed to God, would you save him? And, and, I, and I asked God to take my life instead of his, and I meant it. If you're requiring a life for any reason, take mine and save his. And then I made a vow to God, and the vow was this. If you save him and me, that there would be no more lukewarm. There'd be no more, uh, I don't feel like going to church. There'd be no more my will, right? Um, that I'd be 100% on board for whatever, wherever, whenever, from that point forward. And I meant it. It's a hard prayer. There's probably an insert here. Talk about vows that you make to God. Here's the cliff notes. Mean what you say, because God takes it seriously. Yeah, amen. Um, as it would turn out, uh, Bryce had celiac disease, which we look now, you know, some 21 years later at it, and we're like, yeah, everybody knows about celiac, but they didn't then. They did not know about this in the year 2000. They didn't know what it was. God, I had prayed that prayer that day. That day, um, God walked a doctor through that hospital that had been in for the Mayo Clinic, and he was a specialist in GI. And he says, hey, we're hearing about this new thing. We can do this simple blood test and find out if that's what it was. Let's try that. And he runs this blood test, and, and sure enough, the indicators are there, and they didn't know anything about it. And they and they told us right from the right from the get go. They said, "Hey, we don't know what the impact's going to be to nutrition. He won't be able to eat like everybody else does. He'll probably end up being short, and we don't know if it's going to affect his lifespan. Short. You, you know, all this, all this. So they didn't know. You know, they didn't know, yeah. right? And uh, we were like, "Holy moly, what does this mean for us? And what does this mean for?" Uh, for the family and, and, you know, and anyway, so they diagnosed some celiac disease and we were reading like, this is before like they were putting gluten-free on anything. Like that yeah. wasn't a thing, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. So we're reading, like we had to get so intimately acquainted with every ingredient in every product. Wow. How, if you can remember back, how, how close do you think before this breakthrough was Bryce, you know, to, to death? How, how far do you think? Cause I mean, <sighs> I, I remember... I mean, I was like five, right? Five or six. And I remember parts of it. I, I remember <coughs> some of it pretty vividly. I remember the building. I remember maybe coming down and stuff like that. Um, and I remember Bryce looking pretty bad, but I never really knew how how close it really was. Um, it was pretty bad. Uh, he, they were starting to see some, you know, like kidney failure issues and, oh, wow. you know, it was in the blood work. And, and there was, I mean, they, and they were like, hey, listen, he, he, he is no longer able to even... Um, uh, to absorb any nutrition, like anything we put in his body is coming straight back out of his body. And and what had happened through this disease is that it, it just starts to destroy the body's ability in the intestines and the stomach to take nutrition from the food that you're eating. Everything just became waste in and out, right? And so they didn't know what to do about that. And, and even when they diagnosed it, see, because the problem was, it's like, you know, they went to like the most simple like brat diet, you know, it's bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Well, one of those things was killing him, right? And they didn't know it, you know, oh. so he's just eating toast, you know, and it's full of gluten, all the glutens, yeah. you know, and it's destroying his body. And, and, and it got to the point where it just kind of wiped, wiped all of his 
internal organs that absorb nutrition clean. Like they could no longer absorb. And so he had to go through a process of rebuilding wow. um, that uh, those villi and the other things that are in the in the digestional tract that that pick up nutrition and so he had an ng tube um you know in his nose that we had to pump like ensure like the the most rudimentary nutrition we could into his into his stomach all night long um and that was a long time like it was months and months and months of that um for him just to get to a place where he could actually eat regular food and absorb any nutrition from it yeah um, i remember that yeah yeah it was like we have all these weird family pictures. You look back in this yellow tube in his in his nose around his ear, taped to his face. Just be, he didn't know it was there. He was a little kid. You know, what does he know? You know, everybody has a tube stuck <laughs> on their face. You know? um, but uh, didn't really seem to slow him down at all. But but as it would turn out, you know, and and again, praise God for answering prayer. Um, you know, so so greatly in that moment. You know, Bryce hasn't been stunted in growth. I mean, he's taller than you. You know, so take that, Shorty. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> All right, see you, guys healthy. In, uh, see you guys next time. No, I'm just <laughs> he's healthy, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it, but it, it that moment um, was so significant because it was like a fork in the road, right? Um, and and this other path started, and it was a hundred percent sold out to whatever the Lord needs, right? From my life, whatever the requirement would be, I made a vow and I meant it. Um. And, uh, and, and I can point at that now, you know, if there's ministry is not always fun, right. You know, but in youth ministry, a lot, a lot of, a lot of time here, uh, music ministry and, and other things that we do, you know, there's building projects, whatever, whatever it is we're doing. Right. We used to do this garage sale, you know, to help raise money to send kids to camp. That's not fun. Garage sales aren't fun, you know, but I made a vow and made a commitment. Right. And this is what God requires of me, yeah. you know, and so garage sale it is, right. It's just what it is. Um, very, very significant point um, in life. Yeah, no, it sounds like before that, right? I mean, you salvaged, you salvaged the, the marriage. You got, you, know, you guys are back on the correct path in that regard, but you guys are still living kind of wayward, you know, together, kind of just wishy-washy, like, like what you said, right? Do you think that God used that to put that fork in your road, right, to say, Hey, listen, like, I need to get a hold of you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's or or led you to that that decision where you you had no other choice to, but to cry out to God and say, you know, very like sacrificial, hey, I don't know what's going on here, God, but if a life is required, take mine. Right. And as a father, and I'm sure Tom, you, you could feel this too, like it's you would do it in a heartbeat, right, for your kids. For sure. But I've never had to pray that prayer. Right. But I can put myself there and say, absolutely, right? If, if that's what's requ required, God, do it. But do you think that that's something that maybe God used in your life to, to really, and we can keep talking about it, but really for the most part set you on the right path, right? To really, hey, you've been, you've been lukewarm. In your teenage years, you've been lukewarm. There was kind of a divot there in the middle, but... Hey, yeah. once once and for all, like, what side of the fence are you on here? And made you come to that realization to cry out. Yeah, you know, I've thought about this in the past, and uh, I think certainly God and His Word would would proclaim that He can use any circumstance yeah. um, to to His own glory, right? Um, to benefit the kingdom. Um, but I think more than just I'll use this disease thing. Um, I, I think it's very well possible that He allowed it uh, purposely, like in His will, to happen for that reason. Right? Not that I'm significant, 
but that the, the eternal things are significant, right? Yeah. And that I'm going to I'm going to pull up a minister here. I'm going to pull somebody up that's going to give their life to me so that I can use it in a way that glorifies me. I, I think you know is God's intent in it. And, and again, every Bible story you read, bunch of losers, right? Me included. You know, murderers, liars, thieves. I mean, all the way through, right? That's who God uses, and 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 I think that He's doing this all the time, mm-hmm. right? I think He's bringing moments of significance into people's lives so that He can redeem them to a greater work. Um, so whether it was planted by God for that reason or He just used it, either way, I was sold out. Didn't matter, yeah. you know. One way there, maybe someday on the other side of eternity, I'll be like, all right, I gotta know. Maybe I'll already know, but you know, gotta know was this just he was going to have celiac either way you know what i mean but right. you used it or you used it yeah. to well, it, come to, make you come to that realization i think that kind of goes back to the to that to the blind man right in the new testament where the uh, the disciples were like hey why is this guy blind mm. what did his parents do what did he do that made him blind and christ was like no nah, he's blind so i'll get the glory right like yeah. It, that's the only reason. Yeah. That that's the only reason he's yeah, blind. I so that I can heal him right now right. for my glory so that right. everybody can see that I am who I say I am. I fashioned right. him with this disability yeah. so that I could receive glory yep. through it. And yeah, so I, I mean I, I mean it's certainly within uh the the MO of how God works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean it yeah. Yeah, we've seen it before. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay, so that's we move really powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's every time I, I've heard this story multiple times and being close to it, young, but close to it, I, I can remember, you know, those are kind of your formative years where you should first start kind of gaining those core memories where you were kind of remember long term. Yeah. But no, I, I can remember that time. You're I, like five. Yeah. I right. can remember the tube. I can remember, um, you know, what the body does when it, when it doesn't receive enough nutrition for long enough that stomach starts to just yeah. distended. I, yeah, I, yeah. I can remember that. Yeah. I can remember uh, many trips up to Phoenix. Yeah. And I can remember that courtyard of that that hospital, yeah. that children's hospital. I can, I can, like vividly, I can remember these things. But um, yeah, and we look back on it now, right? And we say, no, thank God, right? He's here. We, you know, have learned through time what this, what this disease is and how to, how to manage it and live a normal life, right? But back then, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not the parent, right? I was just five years old, but I, I can't even imagine just how raw, you know, fresh it was, yeah. you know, during that, during that time. Yeah, there was a kind of a weird sense of, you know, that God had delivered and they had diagnosed it, but it wasn't necessarily like we were out of the woods, right? Right. We, we don't know when and if he'll be able to receive nutrition. We don't know how that's going to go. Is the damage too deep? Like, they didn't know. Is it going to require surgeries? Are they going to have to do, like, what's going to happen here? Like, we didn't know. And, and let me just say this, too. Um, somebody could be listening someday and and have a story that the outcome was different. Um, that in in they had great tragedy in that thing. And, and I'll tell you this: that I was acutely aware at the time, and I meant it as I prayed. Um, that it could go the other way. That in God's will, he he could have taken Bryce's life. Um, and and that I can't imagine. Being on the 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 winning side of it, if you look at it that way, where we did not lose a child, many have lost children. We've had people in this church who have lost children young, and that's a hard thing. And this is this is no way a, a disclaimer to say, well, if you just make a vow, God's going to do. Exi-. That's not it at all. Uh, it went this way, and and I am immensely 
immensely blessed uh, uh, to be in the position that I'm in, and I understand it goes either way, but God can still use that and will use even the loss of children to be something significant, meaningful in people's lives that can do great things from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the things that is uniquely different and uniquely kind of sums up what we believe in, in Christendom is even when these tragedies happen, we live in a fallen world, we live in a sinful world, these things will happen, it's inevitable. There, there's a certain amount of hope that we carry that we have within Christianity that says we will see them again. Yeah. You won't find that anywhere else. There's, there's, no, help, there's no hope for the unbeliever, right? God has fashioned to this, this, this immense pain and loss. I can't even imagine losing a child. But would you rather be on the side of, hey, I don't believe there's a God. When we're done, we're done. It's all black. Everything's an accident. I'm never going to see this person again. Or would you rather be, God, I don't know why this happened. I'm not God. I don't understand these things. I know we live in a fallen world, in a fallen nature. That's who we are. But I will see this person again. Guaranteed. I will see this person again. I've been to funerals on both sides of this deal. People who are believers and have hope and a peace that cannot be explained, as the Bible talks about, that passes all of understanding, our capabilities, humans to understand it. And I've been to funerals for people who had no salvation and no hope. Um, it's a vastly different thing. Yeah. You know, one is full of mourning um, and despair and destruction, and one is filled with hope, sadness, you know, pain, but hope. And it is vastly different. I know we're kind of off topic here, but I just wanted to mention that I, I do understand that could have gone a different direction and in God's will, it could have. Yeah. And, and, he, and he still could have used that to be something great in my life. Um, but praise him that he didn't. And that's a selfish thing for me to say, I understand. You know, um, I'm just so thankful that he, yeah. he didn't require Bryce at that time. Yeah, for sure. And Bryce, you know, he's, he'll probably never be here on one of the mics, but he's, he produces this podcast, right? Yeah. He's part of this, you know, Thinking Well team here at Lake Worth Baptist Church. And, you know, we, you know, couldn't imagine, you know, this thing probably wouldn't have happened the way it did without him. He's, he's an integral part of the team. Right. I'll tell you guys, for me, and I told you a significant moment in life, like, really, I, I think I can look back at it and say, this is the defining period, the time before that and the time after that. Um, I knew in that moment, because the vow had been made, and I meant it, um, that God meant it, right? Okay, I've answered this prayer. You've made a vow. There is a seriousness to it. And um, it has shaped me as a man and a spiritual leader of my family um, in this church. It's just what drives me, that vow. Um, because, like I said... I meant it. Yeah. And so the understanding that, hey, now, you know, I have two young men in the family, you, Bryce, um, your mom's pregnant with Cameron, which we didn't know that he was going to be a Cameron. We we didn't know what his gender was until he was born. Side note, two genders. But he was born, yeah. uh, another boy, and, um, and I realized and from that point forward that, you know, there is... Um, 
seriousness, a uh, um, moral responsibility. Yeah, like like uh, we're gonna Jen and I are gonna raise these boys, but they're gonna know the Lord, right? <laughs> or they're gonna rebel so hard, you know, it's gonna be one or the other. But it, you know, and we did. Yeah, as for me and my house, yeah. Um, but they're gonna know the Lord, and we're gonna be in church, and we're gonna be serving, and we're gonna be plugged in, and whatever whatever it is that God wants from us, that's what we're doing. Um, I know Jen didn't make that vow, but she got brought along in it, right? You know, um, and probably like a lot of wives that are in ministry with their husbands, I'm sure a lot of them are like, I didn't sign up for this. You know, but <laughs> right. probably I'm sure those conversations happen, right? Um, but um, um, you know, it, it was again. I keep using the word significance because I, I can't think of another word that's uh, has the same importance. But the the amount of the delta between before and after was so great um, in my life and who I was going to be moving forward be, because because God is good yeah. and because the payment that Christ made on my behalf was so great. How could I live any other way? Right, it, it took a serious, critical event in my life for, to wake me up to it. That was always the truth, but it took that event to wake me up to realize I am all the way in, all the way. And I meant it like whatever you want to put me in some remote country in Africa, I'll go. Right, uh, you, whatever, whatever it is. You want me to clean toilets for every church the side of the Mississippi? I'll do it. Like whatever, you know, what I mean? like whatever, whatever it is. Right, um, and 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 that was it. You know, and so. I think through that, you know, God started to work, um, work in our lives. You know, to be more plugged in with church. We were, we were, uh, we had a wanna, a wanna program at the church we were at um, in Arizona, and we got plugged in working with the Cubbies. I think they were called like the littlest group, which we were always kind of really good with little kids. And it was funny because, like, thinking back, we used to think, well, we'll never work with like older kids because teenagers are scary, you know, whatever. But little kids, you know, we can manipulate them pretty well. Let's do that. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I used to be the opposite. I was like, yeah, teenagers. And yeah. I gravitate more towards it's funny. It's like seasons of life, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. you, you got a grandchild now. So, you're like, yeah, I can identify with little minds, you know. Um, and so we worked in, you know, ministry there. I was involved in a ministry leadership team that they had there. And, um, God started putting it on our hearts that he wanted us somewhere else. And uh, um, and it was Texas. And um, I'm not a Texan, but got here as soon as I could. Amen. You know, about 19 years ago now. And uh, we were actually out here visiting um, your Mimi and Pop, Jen's parents. And it was the weirdest thing. Like we were driving home. We were somewhere in New Mexico. And, uh, and I, I looked over at, at Jen and, and just said, I think that like God wants us to live in Texas, you know, like I, I just, I feel it, you know, like, and she was like, I feel the exact same way, you know, kind of a thing. Like she's been knew. waiting to say that. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> My heart never left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we went back, started praying about that and it was pretty evident, you know, that this is where we were, where we need to be. And, uh, and so as God would do it, you know, when he's in it, he opens the doors. We had a house, we, we'd owned it for a couple of years, uh, two or three years. And, um, the market wasn't necessarily great at that time. We actually listed it. It didn't sell at first. And, um, and we said, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's challenges here. We're, maybe we're wanting something. It's not mm -hmm. what God wants. We end up relisting it with a different broker. That broker was like, hey, let's, let's like list it higher. I think maybe like the work you guys have done to it and the thing, like maybe we could 
like convince like trick people and think like hey it's worth more well, you know people were, people were thinking it's like yeah. they don't want it because it's yeah, yeah, something yeah, wrong exactly. with it it's yeah. underpriced yeah. 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 yeah and our broken psychology well if it's more it must be better right yeah, yeah. and uh anyway so we listed it at like twenty thousand more and it sold like in a day wow. yeah it was crazy nice uh, so god was like hey not only do i want you to sell your house but i want to give you more money yeah we have a thing so good and uh, so we sold the house, and, and it sold way faster than we thought it would because the average market was, you know, churning so slow, and it was, like, immediately sold. And so we got to move back in with Grandma and Grandpa for a period, the second time in our lives, you know. <laughs> uh, this time not because we were pregnant and young, um, but we just had to transition. Funny thing, they had sold their house, too. They were building a new house, and uh, we all got to live in an apartment together for a while. And let me tell you this. You want to get close to your parents— Live with them in an apartment for a while. That's awesome. Um, with three kids. Fun times. Yeah. But they were gracious and let us figure it out, and we got there. And, uh, yeah, so God brought us out here. And, um, you know, we were, uh, um, when we got here, we were pregnant again. And we thought for a while that we were done with the three boys, um, but we were we were pregnant again. We really wanted to have a little girl. Um, and uh, we were, we were, uh, testing churches, you know, like, you know, visiting churches to see, you know, what, what made sense. We'd visit a few, like, you know, around here and, um, some of them like doctrinally were great, but just didn't feel right. You know, God like kind of knits you together with the mm-hmm. right people. Um, right after we got here, Jen lost that baby and, uh, it was a hard time and it's rough, you know, um, and it wasn't early in the pregnancy either, you know, and, uh, that's a hard thing to go through. And I remember we had visited this church, the one that we're in now, and um, man, they just, they came around us like we were theirs, like we had always been there, um, like grandparents for your kids, you know, and some of those great people have gone on to be the Lord, some are still here, still doing it for families, right? Still being the grandparents, you know, for for families that need it, and it, man, they came around us, they loved us, brought us meals, we weren't even members, we were just visiting, you know, and they loved us, and prayed for us and visited with us and, you know, Pastor Locke and Miss Susan were around and the Simpsons, the Flats, Barbara's in heaven now and she was there and um, just we knew, (laughs) you know, like it was like without question, these were our people. This is where God wanted us, you know, and we we got plugged in. I I remember um, like every church that we would visit had like a welcome committee. And I don't know if I ever told you this about this, Tom, but mm-hmm. we went to this church, uh, this First Baptist Church, and we knew they were Southern Baptists, but we were like, man, nah, but maybe maybe God could still use it, you know, just, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, they they had like this whole committee, like five people came over and all these different like committee leaders, you know, they, they were big in committees. That's all they talked about the whole time they were there. And they brought us like this welcome bag and they were asking us about our testimony. And, and I remember asking them, I'm like, hey, tell me about the needs in your church right now for like service. Because we weren't going to be like not plugged in. Yeah. We wanted to join a church and then effectively be involved in service. Right. And I remember the guy looking at me, he's like, well, we're pretty good right now. You know, like we got all the pastors we need. We got all the committees built. Everybody's like, we're fully staffed up and good to go. And, you know, really what we want to see is just that, you know, that you come to church and, you know, that you guys are you know, faithfully there, and then we'll see if there's opportunities, and, and and maybe there's some merit to that idea. You know that you get to kind of that's not see, it though. But you get yeah. to see people that they are faithful, and that you yeah. know that their lives reflect you know relationship with the Lord. But um, I remember being so turned off by that. And then he told me, he goes, "Well, we were thinking about maybe like starting a new committee that will oversee the other committees." I'm telling you, the word committee came up like 400 times in this conversation. 
And I was like, what are we talking about here? You know, and uh, so that might open up some lower committee, like this hierarchy of committees. That's what we need in our church. Yeah. We, we need more government in our church. Yeah, yeah. And they left. I remember looking at your mom and just saying, well, we're not ever going back to that church. I'll tell you that right now. It's never happening. Um, and uh, but anyway, so we were Lake Worth Baptist Church. It was our home. We knew it. Yeah. And we got plugged in and um, and pretty quickly. And we got involved in uh, the kid program um, downstairs and working with the little ones, because that's kind of what we had done, right? We were mm-hmm. cubbies. We were cubbies leaders, right? You know, we're, that's what we were good at. And we had kids that were little too, so it kind of made sense that we'd fall in there. Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes kind of like pe- those that serve voluntarily in the church, they kind of move along probably with the age of their kids if they're involved, just kind of makes sense. But um, anyway, so we did that for many years, and um, there was a, a need upstairs in our youth building for a few years later for um, middle school. Uh, the middle school had grown, and there was a pretty big class up here, and they needed help. And I heard Brother Jerry, uh, he walked by. We were just sitting there ready for church to start, and he handed me a book, curriculum book. And he says, hey, uh, I wanted to give this to you and uh, um, want you to be the new middle school teacher. <laughs> drafted. Yeah, I was drafted. I was drafted that day. He, like, he's like, put me in. And, oh, uh, pastoral wisdom. Yeah, so funny. Uh, and and I was like, okay. you know. And, and, and I'm telling you, that, that significant moment I talked about, you know, that vow that had been made, I, part of me resisted. Is that we didn't, we've never done that age group, right? And who, who are we? You know, there's other guys up there, other people up there. Like, what, you know, what, why should we do that? It wasn't comfortable. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, certainly not for Jen. I mean, she was, she was like, I don't, I don't want to be up there, you know? And um, I mean, that was the initial impression, right? But I was like, okay, I made a vow, you know, and the pastor handed me this book and said, let's go. And so we went and did. And mm-hmm. so now I've been up here in the youth ministry for, I don't know, long time. 13, 14 years, yeah. something. Well, you started in the middle school, and then at that time, our senior pastor, Zach, was kind of heading overall, you know, youth ministry. Yeah. And then he was called to preach after Brother Jerry uh, retired yeah. as the full-time pastor. Right. Um, which allowed you to kind of move up. But, yeah, I mean, you know, surrendering, keeping true to that promise, that vow that you made with God, you know, 15 years before that, 17, 18 years before that, yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it puts you where you are today, right? It, it, it planted that seed, the seed of willingness, right? Put you in that middle school room. And then the, when the time came for Zach to move into a, a head pastor role here at this church yeah, in uh, 2016, right? And then you were able to move up and then, or before that, I'm, I'm sure it's probably before that. But yeah, you've been up here for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we... we at our prayer breakfast earlier, we were talking about, you know, camps coming up and the different kind of groupings of kids that have kind of come through the church. And you know, there's been times where it was pretty, uh, pretty rough, you know, like real heavy male, a uh, lot of testosterone, you know, yeah. in the teenage years and a lot of personalities and egos that had to be balanced out. And, you know, we've been in a really sweet um, kind of season now and pretty well balanced, really good kids. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been a lot of years of, of just kind of being in the trenches, you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, the big thing that's been in my heart for a long time is apologetics. And we, and we have made that a, a core curriculum here that we're going to dive into what we believe and why we believe it mm-hmm. um, so that we can defend our faith. Um, and, and so we, we teach that pretty heavily. You know, we, we're in it a lot. Um, and, um, you know, my, my mantra that I tell all the kids as they come in, we have seven years up here, right? Three years in middle school, four years in high school, if my math is correct. That's, I think that uh, checks out. Checks yeah. out. Um, but we've we've told them that that when they leave the class, 
uh, when they graduate that the only goal that we have, I mean, I mean, certainly, I mean, it, we want them all to know Christ. I mean, it, you know, we want them to be Christians and yeah. have, you know, a, a saving knowledge and relationship with the Lord, right? But we want their faith when they leave to be their faith, right? I know what That's I believe, good. why I believe it, and so that I can make decisions in life moving forward um, based on my faith, not because my parents came to church or because I was dragged up here forever when I was seven and on, you know, that, that, that they would believe and be convicted about their beliefs, right? Um, and that's the goal. And it may be oversimplified, but I mean, I'll tell you what, we live in a pretty confusing time mm-hmm. culturally. The impact's great at middle school, even before that, um, in, in what we're going to indoctrinate kids in, how tolerant they're going to have to be and what yeah. they will accept. And, and, um, and, and a lot of it is, it is pretty evil. I mean, a lot of it is, is um, you know, systemically terrible. And, um, and I think that we have to equip our kids uh, to, to know truth, uh, to logically work through it, to know God's plan, like, you know, from creation forward, yeah. um, his plan, and, and that, you know, they are accountable to his will, right? That there is a calling on their life, that, that they, they cannot be silent on the sidelines yeah. while the culture spins out of control, right? That you're going to have to engage culture, you're going to have to engage your classmates, your coworkers, whatever it is. And that you're going to have to be able to speak truth in a very loving way to people so they understand we don't hate people, right? But we, we can't necessarily just agree with every idea that every person has and say that that's now normal and okay. Um, because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Um, his tenants are, are rock solid, right? His yeah. creation is perfect. We're the ones who destroyed it, right? Um, and so I, I, I will tell you that the, the conviction in the youth and what we've been able to work on for a long time has been very much centered on trying to give the firmest foundation possible as they spin forward into uh, adult life. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it's so formative, right? Because you're going into college, you're going into workspaces at a young age that will war against a lot of that ideology. So yeah, if you can, if you can go into the world, you know, 18, 19 and have a real secure foundation of what you believe in, how to defend it, um, you already start way ahead yeah. than, than most people, I think, that age. But I think... We, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think as we kind of pull the, the conversation together and get down to kind of a, a wrapping it up kind of motive, I think, Kyle, one of the things that you said is a seed of willingness, right? Like that seed of willingness that was planted in, in Ryan from that from that event in, in his life. And then Ryan saying, you know, we're trying to educate young people to make faith theirs, right? Not somebody else's and things like that. All of that stuff. You think about make your faith yours. Use that faith as the seed of willingness in your life. And then there's a there's a pastor that I follow that I, I love this phrase that he uses where he says, and I'll, I'll add it on to those two things, right? Make your faith yours. Use that as a seed of willingness in your life. And then put your yes on the table and let God put it on the map. Because, yeah. I mean, Ryan, you followed God across state lines, right? Um, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to do the same in my life. If, you, if, if we as Christians would just put our yes on the table, God will put it anywhere on the map. It might be the church that you're in that he puts your yes on on the map, right? But it might be across seas that God put your yes on the map. Yeah. But if you'll just put it on there, he'll place you wherever he wants you. 
And I, I think Ryan, as we listen to the test to your testimony today, like all the events in your life, when you got to a point where you were willing to put your yes on the table, God was like, Oh yeah, I've got a spot for you. It, we're going to take a little bit of time to get to where, right where I want you, but I've got a spot for you. Come on me with this journey. I'm going to give a little free extra content here, bonus content for the show. Um, one area I didn't really get to dive into a whole lot is professional things, and I'll be super quick here about it. Um, but even after the vow, uh, none of us are perfect, right? And so we're, our hearts at any time can chase things that we desire yeah. that are oh, not yeah. great for us. And professionally speaking, um, for a while, there was a period where I was chasing um, what I thought would have been awesome uh, in the entertainment industry and just not to dive too deep into it, but something that I really thought would be great, provide a lot of income for the family. And, and you know, it wasn't necessarily really popular, but it would have been cool to be recognized, you know, at some kind of celebrity level, you, you know, at something like that. Um, and I chased that for a long time. And, and it was another moment when God really got my attention on that deal. And um, it was like everything that I knew I stood for was ex- it was under attack all the time hmm. uh, in, in that industry, all the time. Wow. You know, you could you could create the most innocent thing in the world and try to push it onto network, and they are going to take it and pervert it to something that never was intended to be, and make it terrible for their agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And it was warring in me all the time. And when I finally got to a place like you just mentioned, where I said, you know what, I, I am obviously chasing this, but God is not in this thing, yeah. right? And so I'm willing for it to go away. And immediately, God took it away from me, and then blessed me. Huh when I didn't deserve it, you know, and he's like, Hey, I know you pursued this thing. I let you pursue it because you wanted it so bad. I'm going to take it away from you because you're willing to let it go. But let me just bless you in a different way, in a better way. And let me get you involved in an industry that I, you know, you never even thought of before. Uh, and then I will prosper you and I will give you more than you've ever deserved. And, and, and it's just like, God is so good. Even when I continue to fail him, it is certainly the thread through this entire conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and to the point now where I, I, I had to constantly think about that vow that I made and say, hey, in my work, whatever the doors that God opens up, um, that's, that's the same marching orders moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. If you give me influence in anyone's life at all, then I'm going to promote Christ yeah. in, in that relationship, that's good. right? And I'll tell you that I've had the opportunity and still today to be in a circle of influence with some very wealthy people um, and that are well-known people and to have some sort of, uh, hopefully some sort of uh, representation of who Christ is in their life and what real Christianity can look like. Uh, Not that I'm great at Christianity, but that Christ is good. I'm just trying to be more like him um, and to love people. I've had uh, people that I've worked for, CEOs of big organizations that have come to know Christ through that relationship. Um, And it's just because if if we would just be bold enough to live in a way that honors Christ and it's different than the world, then people will notice it. Yeah. And it's attractive. The Bible tells us that, that people will be attracted to Christ. Um, I remember one time I got called in the office. I honestly thought I was in trouble. I was, I was traveling to our headquarters in a different state. And I was like, what in the world do they want to meet about? He shuts the door and he goes, I know we're not supposed to talk about this at work. And he's like, but I watch football all the time. And he goes, I keep seeing this John three sixteen thing coming up behind the field goal post. Like, what is that about? I mean, literally he asked me the question, what does John three sixteen say? Why does that matter? Why is that important? 
Just kind of laid it out, laid it out for you. Yeah, yeah. Like God's just like teeing up, like literally putting a ball on the tee ball stand, and he's like, "Here's a bat, and will you smack the crap out of this?" You know, and like crazy, Home right? Run. And that guy, hey, that guy, awesome guy. He had a couple kids. They were talking about challenges in their family, and their marriage, and we got to talk through all of that. We spent hours. I missed a flight because of it, right? Mm-hmm. Coming home, and 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 the best that I can tell, because I don't know people's hearts, but through our conversation, he's a changed person. He's become a new creature, a mm-hmm. new creation. And, and he was atheistic before this, right? And I think in that, that fork in the road, that significant moment, realizing that in all that we do, raising a family, like Kyle, we're here talking today. We've talked about Bryce, Cameron, Mallory, EJ. We have five kids, right? I, I want them to not only see it, but I want it to become their faith. I want them to live a life that honors God and that, that is just so awesome in the work that he can do through them. Through them. I, I certainly knew that I didn't want to be the reason they were not you know, that they were not effective Christians. Um, and there's a lot of weight in that as parents. And, and you guys know you're, you're Mm -hmm. both parents, a grandparent now, um, the, the significance of that and, um, and, and all things we do. And now again, I'm been given another opportunity to be around influential people. And, uh, and I just, that's my prayer every time it says, like, God help me to help me to be an influence, uh, towards, you know, what you would have in their life. Um, and, and to be open about it and not be afraid about it because what's the worst that could happen? If I share my faith and that upsets them and they fire me, can my God not open another door? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the worst that can happen, <laughs> right? I lose a job, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Been there. Yeah, I've lost jobs. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you that <laughs> the track record when I've put it in God's hands versus my own hands, the track record since then has always been a better job, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. The next one was always better, right? Whether it's income or freedom, flexibility, position, whatever it is, right? It's always been better um, because God's how God works. Yeah. When you're surrendered to him, he's like, I have goodness for you. And now that you're more surrendered, let me give you more goodness, right? Because you can handle it, right? You won't just spin out of control like a ridiculous right. person, right? Um, and so anyway, just to bring, we talked a lot about personal things here, but I wanted to know as men um, or anybody that's involved in any career, men, men or women, that I would I would make sure you surrender that part of your life as well yeah. and say, hey, I, I, I'm not going to chase my dreams. Um, if God would allow that, great. If I've got a dream and God will open that door, fantastic. But it might be possible he's going to take you out of what you believed you wanted to do and throw you in some industry you've never been in before yeah. and now give you great influence to people who have a lot of income, a lot of money, have a lot of influence, and and that they could see some Christ in you. Like, make sure you're sold out in that avenue too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you have to, you have to allow that yes that you were talking about, Tom, every facet of your life, yep. professionally, personally, your family, how you conduct yourself, every part. It has to be a blank check. It has to be a yes. And, and God will use you. Absolutely. No doubt in that. Yeah. Well, as Tom said, I think we should probably bring us to a close. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, it's great to hear you know, someone else's testimony, and I think it'll be very helpful for other people to take it and relate with it and, and see you know, the struggles and the hardships that you've had how you've been able to overcome it through Christ and, and where you are now. And I think people can relate with that. I think people can use that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah. And if you're, if you're in the Fort Worth area, um, my dad, Ryan Reeves, he is the youth minister here at Lake Worth Baptist church. Um, we'd love to uh, have you come and, and check us out. Um, 
But uh, for any any other questions or just kind of communicate with us internally, um, please go to podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. We would love to answer any questions. Um, if you guys have any ideas for the future podcast, we'd love to interact with you guys. But um, Tom, do you have anything else? No, I'm good, man. I think it's, uh, I guess I'd just say one last thing. As we look at some of these testimony episodes and things like that, the, the purpose of them is for us to hear a testimony and say, hey, I can relate to that portion of that testimony. Wow, if God can use that person, God can use me. Oh, wow, he, we could have, that person could have made that an excuse to not serve God, and instead they allowed God to turn that into something where they could use them even more. So as we go through some of these testimony episodes, just remember that it's just like the stories that God gave us in the Bible, the historical accounts of all these people in the Bible where we look and we're like, oh, I identify with David there, and I identify with Job there, and I identify with, with Mary and Ruth there. It's God gave us these historical accounts and we hear these testimonies because we're supposed to relate to portions in them and then say, hey, if God can use that flawed person, who am I to say he can't use me? So as we as we start into some of these testimony episodes and stuff like that, please keep that in mind. Um, it's really good. No, absolutely. Well, we thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking another plunge in the thinking well. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.